Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. Hey, we are back and we're going to talk about something today that you should never, ever have to deal with. And it involves your job. And to lead us into that, we have the CEO and lead consultant from the Turning Point Leadership Group, Dr. Linda Wiley-Bing joins us. Dr. Linda, how are you today? I am great, Steve. How are you? Fantastic. Fantastic. I am, for the most part, self-employed, so I don't have to deal so much with this, but we're going to delve into toxic workplaces today, right? Exactly. And, you know, much like you, um, well, I'm not truly self-employed. I'm a business owner. So really, if the workplace for my employees is toxic, it really starts with me. And that's something that we really need to focus on today. I know it's a cliche. But it does start at the top. I firmly believe that. I do as well. You know, and there's that old saying that uh, people join a company, but they leave a manager. And so really that leader sets the tone for what that environment is going to be like. And unfortunately, there are way too many people today dealing with toxic workplaces. And sadly, many of us deal with it, we put up with it, we cope with it because we're afraid to, A, say something or B, put our jobs in jeopardy, but I'll share something very quick. A friend of mine, her name is Danielle, worked for about 10 years as an HR person at a sizable company. And just the the work environment just became, no better description, toxic, just not comfortable. And I could tell that she, she just wasn't in her element. So she put on the big girl pants and she gave notice. And they gave her a little bit of a severance because they understood, I guess, what was going on. Wasn't even more than two weeks later, she found another job, HR, even better than the one she had. And Mm. she just took that leap of faith, didn't know how it was going to go. But she knew that she had to get away from what was going on there. Good for her. And I'm so glad to hear that that had a good ending. I'm sure at the time that she was walking away, she probably had a lot of anxiety because she didn't know what was coming. But many times that's all it takes. You know, a a closed fist can't receive. And you've got to open up that fist and be willing to let go of what you're holding on to so that you can take a hold of the next thing that comes along. So I'm glad that it worked out well for your friend Danielle, but unfortunately, it's not always the case with people. They don't have the courage to walk away. And as I was doing a little research on this topic, I found that um, there's some studies that say that 61% of employees are saying that workplace stress has made them physically sick. That's more than half. Mm. And 7% of those folks have actually been hospitalized as a result of it. In fact, toxic workplaces are now the fifth leading cause of death in the United States. That's something that just makes me sit back and say, whoa. I mean, you know, I had to read it a couple of times to make sure I was reading that right. Fifth leading cause of death in the United States because of, you know, so when you trace it back to things that people are experiencing and what's the root cause of it, the root cause goes back to being in a toxic workplace environment. So hopefully today we'll talk a little bit about What are some of the signs that let you know if your workplace is toxic and some things you can do to cope with it or to be like Danielle and put on your big girl, big boy, big non-binary pants and get on out of there. (laughs) Thank thank you for that clarification. Uh, I'm so used to just saying, you know, big boy pants or big girl pants, but you're so right about that. And and it's it's mind-blowing that that has such an impact on our health, but it stands a reason because you spend so much time at work, right? 
Exactly. You know, and it, it gets into your private life. It really does. And yeah. it's not only causing the illness, but it's leading a lot of people to anxiety, depression, insomnia. So even right there, those are some signs. I mean, we, we can all on any given day wake up and feel like, oh, I really don't feel like dealing with work today. Anybody can feel that. But when you are seeing a pattern that you're not able to sleep or not able to eat or maybe eating more, you're feeling anxious or depressed, maybe on Sunday night, you know, in the pit of your stomach, it's like, oh, no, tomorrow's Monday. Those are some signs, early warning signs, that um, you could be going into a toxic environment, and that's why you're feeling that way. Why don't we start at the beginning? What are some of the things that people do deal with in terms of a toxic work environment? All right, so that's a good place to start. You know, if you're in an environment where there's poor communication, so either you're not getting the information that you need to do your job effectively or you're not getting it in a timely manner, if you're getting wrong information, whether it's misinformation or disinformation, if it's not correct, if you feel like the messaging is not consistent, um, maybe one department is hearing certain things that another one doesn't, or maybe your manager is contradicting themselves from time to time. If people aren't listening, so if you're expressing what you need to do the job or how you feel or certain situations that are taking place that need correction and you never see any changes, that would all fall under poor communication in my book. And like I said, I've got about eight things I want to share. So poor communication is just one of them. But a lot of it really starts there when you're not getting the info that you need. And many times you don't know that because you don't know what other people are hearing. And so it takes a while to figure out this person isn't consistent or I'm not getting the info that I need or, you know, things are just appearing to change more rapidly than they should, that might be a sign that it's a toxic environment because people don't communicate well. Even if you think about in a relationship, when a relationship, you know, just a two-person relationship, personal relationship, when it's starting to fall apart, people aren't spending as much time together. They're not opening up and communicating with one another. They are, you know, not sharing information. And all of that is the same thing only now on a larger scale in the workplace environment. So, yeah, communication, definitely one of those. What's, so you have a list of eight. What's, uh, what else yeah. is on there? All right, so let's run through these. So a second one, and these aren't in any particular order, but this one can be a cause and a result, and it's when you see clicks or exclusionary behavior starting to form. So if people are very fragmented and they're only associating with certain groups and not really being collaborative with everyone, that creates toxicity. But then when you have a toxic work environment, then you also see more of that taking place because people don't feel safe. So they're only speaking to or working with or collaborating with people that they feel safe with, and it further fragments the organization. So clicks and exclusionary mm. behaviors. A third one would be poor leadership. And just as we were saying, you know, it all starts at the top. It really does. So sometimes you have leaders who are micromanaging, and that really wears on people. If you hire people for their knowledge and experience, then let them do what it is that you hired them to do. Anytime you have a micromanaging boss, that can really interfere with people's confidence and their morale and those kinds of things. And then the flip side of that is the bosses who are non-existent, who give no direction, no information. I don't know what my goals are. So, you know, both ends of that continuum tend to be toxic. And then you have some that are just not inclusive at all. They don't seem to have any commitment to the job. They lack the courage to speak up and, and do things correctly. 
and it's just spiraled down from there. So poor leadership is another one. What that often leads to is number four, which would be unmotivated employees. Sometimes people come in with a lack of motivation, but that doesn't happen too often. Most of the time when someone gets a job, they are so happy and grateful to be working and doing something that they believe they're going to enjoy, they come in with the motivation. But there's something in a toxic environment that just saps the life out of people. And so people end up less engaged. They're not happy to do their jobs. They might stick to themselves and not really interact with other people. They really don't have a lot of energy and excitement about what they're doing. And many times they've shut down right on the job. Another one would be no growth opportunity. Mm. You know, if you're not providing training and development, if people are in dead-end positions and there's no place else for them to go, if there's no incentive or nothing fun about the work that they do. Now, you know, even if you have a very serious job and there's strict protocols to follow, you should still be able to enjoy the work and the people that you're working with. And you should still be able to look for growth, even if it's not promotional opportunities because of the nature of the work you do, there should be opportunities to go deeper, to learn more about yourself, become more self-aware, learn things about uh, leadership because you can apply it in other areas, maybe learn more about your emotional intelligence. There are other things that you can do to become better at what you're doing, even if there's no room for you to move up the ladder. Number six would be high turnover. If people are, you know, if you've got this revolving door, people come and like in two to five years, the same people are leaving, that's pretty high. Uh, It's a short period of time for folks to be leaving an organization. And so when you've got a lot of turnover, that's a clear sign that there's something that needs to be fixed in that environment. Another one would be no work-life balance. People need to have clear, defined boundaries. And as employers, we don't need to cross over those boundaries. So every once in a while, yes, particularly during COVID when people were uh, experiencing, you know, shortage of workers and lots of people ill, et cetera, but those are extenuating circumstances. In a normal work environment, you should put in the required number of hours and then be able to go home and enjoy life. You've got to be able to have a boundary between your professional life and your work life, I mean, and your personal life. And when you don't, number eight is what happens, and that's employee burnout. You will burn out your good people if you're working them too hard or too long or if you're working them in a toxic situation. So certainly there are many more signs, but those are some of the more prevalent ones. And according to the Society for Human Resource Management, one in five Americans, that's 20% of working people, have left a job in the past five years due to bad company culture. And when they looked at the cost of that turnover, they're estimating it to be $223 billion with a B dollars. So not only are we creating health situations for people, but we're creating economic situations as well. Wow. We're talking with Dr. Linda, who is with TurningPointLG.com. And we're talking about toxic work environments. So Dr. Linda, if you feel that you're in a situation that's not, it's just not comfortable at work. What's your first step? I know a lot of people are afraid to go to the big, the big, the big person in the, you know, the corner uh, office there, but is that what you should do? How do you approach that? Well, that's one of the things you want to do. So there, there are ways to approach this on different levels. So I'm going to start at the top with the organization. If you are in a leadership position in an organization and you find that some of these things I said are happening, you know, 
you're, you're seeing the exclusionary behaviors, people don't have the same morale and turnovers high, those kinds of things going on, you really need to consult with an organization that will be able to come in and help you do culture work. And it just so happens that I'm one of those organizations. So Turning Point Leadership Group, we work within organizational culture. That's the bulk of what we do. So we can come in, do some sort of assessment, find out what's going on, what's the root cause, and give you some recommendations. Training is a part of that, but it's not the be-all, end-all. But you definitely need to consult with someone whose business it is to understand culture so they can help you understand what's going on in yours and how to fix it. A lot of cultures nowadays are, are broken because of everything that this country has been through and is continuing to go through even in 2022. So at the top of the organization, yeah, do a cultural assessment, even if you're not sure. Let someone come in and, and give you a report card. Either your culture is fine, it needs a little work, or you really need to, you know, revamp things. So that would be one level. Another level is in the organization, yes, you can go to your, your manager, you can go to HR, you can file complaints inside the organization about the way that things are happening, if there are safety protocols that are being broken, if you find that people are harassing. You know, most organizations have written policies around bullying and harassment, um, you know, respectful workplace ideas. And so if you find that that's not working, then you definitely want to say something, not just to your buddy who has no power to do anything about it, but say something to the leadership in the organization. Because if you're experiencing those things, other people are probably experiencing similar things as well. So you want to make sure that the organization is made aware of what's going on. And what many organizations do and should continue to do is some form of organizational engagement survey. Some do it every year. Some do it every two years. But they really just want to tap in and get the pulse of the organization to find out what people are saying and how they're feeling so that they can identify pockets that might need to be addressed. But then on the individual level, okay, so maybe you're not in a position to help reshape the organizational culture. Maybe you've said something to HR or your manager, or even if you haven't, in the interim, you need to take care of yourself. So one of the things that I suggest is you build a tribe. You know, who are those people that you can talk to? And when you speak to them, make sure that they know whether you're just speaking to vent or if you're speaking because you want some advice. Sometimes we build our tribes at work. Sometimes we build them outside of work. And sometimes there's crossover. So who are your good friends? You know, I'm, I would imagine that in the, the example you gave us at the start of our conversation about your friend, Danielle probably had some people that she, she bounced some ideas off of before she made her final decision. And she probably had some people that she would talk to who could help encourage her, pour into her, tell her some of the good things that she was doing, help her map out her strategy for exiting that organization, et cetera. So you definitely want to build a tribe. And, you know, I'm going to ask you, even though you're self-employed, think about it. You've got some people around you, don't you, that are sort of your support group, correct? One billion percent, and I treat them like gold because they're valuable and they're wonderful people. And had to go through a few people, you know, a number of years ago that just weren't, well, they weren't cutting it, they weren't honest, whatever it may be. So when you find good people, you definitely want to take care of them. Exactly. And as you grow, sometimes not everyone can come with you. 
you know. So as we grow and develop and we broaden in our perspectives, sometimes the people that you needed for a particular season of your life, you can't continue to utilize in that same way or you don't relate to one another in the same way. It doesn't mean that they're bad people. It just means that we need something else in our life right now. So they served a purpose in that season. And maybe you're not spending as much time with them or maybe you're not going to them for work-related issues because maybe you've grown beyond what they're able to to comprehend and advise you on. But by all means, we need to have a tribe. And now, even though I'm saying get your tribe, that doesn't mean that you have a click to the exclusion of other people. You can learn from anyone. I'm a firm believer in that. You can learn from anyone. And we need to respect all people at all levels in the organization. We don't want to have clicks. Two of the people that often get overlooked but are so important. One would be like the, the maintenance, the janitorial staff, and the other would be uh, the administrative assistant because that janitorial staff, they go everywhere, see everything, mm. see everyone, and they, they have their pulse on what's going on in the organization, but they also do such a valuable service. If they were not making the place uh, physically clean and safe, we would have a different level of toxicity and we would not be able to function and stay focused in the organization. And then when you think about those administrative assistants, they're the gatekeepers. Oh, they yeah. are privy. Yet they are privy to so much information and you've got to get through them to get to the appropriate people you want to speak to on certain levels. So you always want to make sure that you take care of those uh, the gatekeepers and the janitorial staff. But avoid the clicks. Avoid gossip and hearsay, don't spread the rumors, because all that does is add to the toxicity. And as people are sharing things with you, their thoughts, their ideas, things they're speculating about, it's creating more stress for you. You don't know if what they're saying is on point or not, and so you're getting bombarded with all this information that may not even be true. I love your I love your thought about connecting with the the gatekeeper, maybe called the person at the front desk, the assistant, whatever it may be. They know everything that's going on. Not that they're going to reveal it to you, but if you need a resource or you need help with something, they're the ones. They you need to be friends with them without a doubt. We're talking with Dr. Linda from turningpointlg.com. We do have questions about toxic workplaces and if you want to reach us, instantfeedbacksteve@gmail.com. We will get to your questions coming right up. If you have unfiled taxes or are in debt to the IRS, this is important news. The IRS just rolled out a new program to help struggling taxpayers more easily resolve their tax problems. It's called the Taxpayer Relief Initiative, and it opens up powerful new options for people looking to get back on the right track with the IRS. And no one knows this program like the professionals at Optima Tax Relief, America's most trusted tax resolution company. They've resolved over $1 billion in tax debt for their clients and have the expertise and experience to help you. One easy call to Optima can start the process, helping to put an end to your worries of wage garnishment, asset seizure, and other aggressive IRS actions. Make today the beginning of your fresh start with the IRS. Call the experts at Optima Tax Relief now for your free confidential consultation. Call 800-386-9945. 800-386-9945. 800-386-9945. Optima Tax Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. We know that juicy, cheesy, grilled-to-perfection burger sounds amazing, but it does sound like something is missing. Pepsi, baby! The yin to this burger's yang. Burgers and Pepsi go together like 
Well, like burgers and Pepsi. This perfect blending of flavors makes every bite of lettuce, every sesame seed on the bun, and every sip of that crisp, refreshing, ice-cold cola a journey to Foodopia. Burgers, better with Pepsi. That's what I like. You don't become a 117-year-old automaker in this country by refusing to change. The Ford Motor Company does not resist, deny, or ignore change. We pledge to make our most iconic vehicles electric, to use 100% renewable energy across all global manufacturing plants by 2035, to stand for lower greenhouse gas emissions, to stand with Americans and for the planet. Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. Talking today about a toxic workplace with somebody who can help you out with that. She's with TurningPointLG.com. It is Dr. Linda. Before we get to some questions, Dr. Linda, what does Turning Point LG do for, for companies, for individuals? Oh, thank you for that question. So Turning Point Leadership Group is a organizational development, training, and consulting firm. And so we can do everything from assessment of the culture to creating interventions like training, um, like looking at policies and procedures to help you rewrite them, executing on those, developing your employees, developing leaders, and evaluating whatever programs we put into place. So our primary focus is on developing leaders, particularly inclusive leaders, to get rid of the toxicity. And part of that includes diversity, equity, and inclusion, so that's a big focus of ours. We also do some coaching, and we do have a brand called Dr. Linda, or The Dr. Linda, I should say, and if you go to thedrlinda.com, there are all sorts of coaching programs geared towards women to help elevate women within the organization because we want to make sure that women are getting their fair share of many of the jobs that are out there and the, the promotional opportunities as well. So we really are all about leveling the playing field so that no matter who you are, how you come packaged, whatever your perfect imperfections might be, they do not interfere with people seeing your skills and abilities and helping to apply them on the job. So we have Jean from West Virginia, and her question is, should I be documenting everything at work if I suspect an issue? I'm not one who normally worries about this. Absolutely, Jean. In fact, that was going to be the next suggestion that I give is documentation because a couple of things can happen. We start to second-guess ourselves, and we wonder, okay, is it me? Am I not seeing this clearly? Am I reading too much into this? Am I overreacting? But if you have somewhat of a journal where you have the dates and the people involved and what actually took place, you can go back and look at that and say, no, this is the fifth time this has happened with this particular individual, it's not just me. And then if you need to escalate that, if you need to either go to that individual or go to your manager or to HR, you have a record showing exactly what took place, when it took place. So be as specific as possible so that people know you're not making this up. I would put down people, other people who were around, where it took place, exactly what was said or done, time of day. I mean, you can even write down what the individual was wearing. The the more Mm. specific, the better. And should it get to a place, you know, hopefully it could be resolved without any kind of litigation, but should it get to that point, you will have all the documentation that you need to help with your case. So absolutely write it down. Don't think of it in a negative way. 
Like I said, if, if nothing else, think of it in terms of a release for yourself. You're, you're getting that negative energy out of you, putting it on paper, and you are allowing yourself to go back and read through to make sure that it's not you who's overreacting, but there really is something that you've been reacting to. That's a good one, too. Even document the clothing that they're wearing, because the more, if you ever need it, the more it present, you present in that regard, it just makes you look better and that you're more credible if it ever comes down to that. Good stuff. Good advice. Exactly. Jake is in El Segundo, California. He says, last week, a coworker who does what I do and has been at the company less time got a promotion and a raise. I feel it should have been me. What would you do to handle that situation? So the first thing I would do would be to go to the manager and I would ask why you were not given that opportunity. And whatever they say, you want to write those things down if you can counter it. Like if they said, well, you didn't have you know, enough experience, if you can counter that with the experience. If they said, well, your performance reviews haven't been that great, if you can counter it with, well, here's what I've been getting on my performance reviews. So you want to find out from that manager what they saw, even if you don't agree that there were deficiencies, you want to find out from their point of view what they saw as the deficiencies. And in doing that process, you'll be able to write down what they said. Then part two of that would be, okay, so the next time an opportunity comes up, what would you need to see from me in order to make me a viable candidate for the next promotion? And I would write down the things that they say, and then I'd get busy making sure that I meet and in all possible cases exceed those goals that they gave me so that now I'd be able to come back if I didn't get the next promotion and say, here are the things you said that I needed to work on for the next time. I've done them. I've exceeded them. So now help me understand why I was overlooked this time. There may not be anything you can do about this one unless you were able to prove that your experience and whatever the qualifications were outweighed the qualifications of the other person. And that's hard to do because you don't have access to the other person's, you know, personal records and things to know. And many times we're going off of what we see or what we believe to be true. It's another reason why you need to document. So, yeah, get them to tell you where you fell short and what you need to do. And once those things are accomplished, then they really have no choice but to put you into that position. It's fantastic advice. And really, Dr. Linda, what it, what it seems like is just you need to always be proactive. You need to always be moving forward in terms of documenting, in terms of your situation. You just can't sit back. And especially you can if you're in a toxic work environment. Who can deal with that? Exactly. We all need to do our part to make the work environment one that is not toxic. So even in your own little circle of influence, in your own cubicle, wherever you work, make it as positive as you possibly can. If you need to put up affirmations for you, do that. If you're able to and you need to play some good focus music or energizing music, you know, you can Google things like that. You can Google a playlist of focus music or energizing music. Play those kinds of things to keep you positive and doing what you need to do and then make sure that your performance is beyond reproach. So if you're performing well and you're creating your own environment of positivity and you've got your tribe to help you, then at least until either the culture changes or you find a different culture to engage with, you can at least be uh, relatively enjoying the space you're working in. And if it's really toxic, just remember, it will over time impact your health. So if it really is bad, you need to start looking for someplace else to go. Bottom line is don't be afraid. I think don't that be afraid. 
And and I this is the one thing that I've learned. Even if you've been in a job for a long time, and you know maybe there's some issues, whatever the case may be, nobody's loyal like they were anymore. So if you're thinking, yeah. oh my gosh, I you know th- this is it. I mean, if I lose this job, what am I going to do? You may lose it tomorrow. You never know. <laughs> like That's they, right. That's right. It's, There's no guarantee that they're going to keep you even if you decide to stay, which is why you always need to keep your skills current and your resume current. And yeah. you need to have, to the extent that you can, we're not all in a position to do this, have a little money put aside for a rainy day so that if you do come through a patch where you've got to take care of yourself between jobs, you can do that. But, yeah, don't always think about the loyalty. Now, if you've been there a long time, and you're, you know, just a, a short way, a couple of years away from retirement, pension, 401k, don't cut off your nose to spite your face, as sure. they used to say. Make sure that you hold out to get everything that you've earned while you were there. Well, like my mom always used to say, the best time, the best time ever to look for a job is when you have a job. Absolutely. Good advice. <laughs> Dr. Linda, great talking with you and turningpointlg.com. If anybody's looking for advice or whether you have a company and you want to change the culture, definitely Dr. Linda would be the person to talk to. It has been phenomenal being with you today. And uh, thanks for all the tips. And uh, hopefully we've changed some lives today as well. Thank you, Steve. I love having conversation with you and I'm looking forward to the next one. Same. Thanks a lot. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. We'll be right back. Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. They'll challenge your authority. They'll try to break your will. They'll push you to the edge of your sanity. Because that's what kids do. But this car is your territory, not theirs. Defend it. Who makes the payments? Who cleans it? Who drives it? You do. That's who. And in here, your word is law. So when you say you won't move until everyone's buckled up, you won't budge an inch. Until you hear that click. Never give up until they buckle up. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. For more information, visit safercar.gov slash kidsbuckleup.